they said, oh my gosh, Audrey, you have an amazing story. When are you going to share it? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> What's so amazing about growing up homeless, mom having mental illness, losing custody of my son, being pregnant at 17, like all these things I thought were so awful. They sat there like, oh my goodness, you've got to tell the world. And it got me thinking. So when Nikki mentioned her anthology, I said, hey, maybe this is not a coincidence and I need to jump on board and do just that. And here I am today, uh, Amazon best-selling author, award-winning author. And it all started with me being willing to listen to someone else and take their advice. Welcome to the Markeith Brayton Podcast. I am Markeith Brayton, former corporate nine-to-fiver turned lifestyle entrepreneur and personal brand business strategist. Each week, I will bring you inspiring personal development content and transformative interviews of some of today's most sought-after influencers and entrepreneurs who will help you unlock your fullest potential. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let the class begin. What's up, everyone? Thank you for joining me again this week for another episode of the Marquee Break Podcast. And I have a great guest for you today. Have you ever wanted to write a book? Have you ever wanted to just get that book done and try to sell it as a speaker, as a coach, as a consultant? Or maybe you've noticed that a lot of people have been doing what's called an anthology where they are writing a book with other women or other men or a collective group of both about a particular topic. So my guest today is Miss Audra Upchurch. Audra R. Upchurch is an award-winning, best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur who encourages men and women to find their voice and shape their stories. With a passion to support leaders, create meaningful manuscripts, Audra understands that owning and sharing our individual truths is an important ingredient if we are to leave a lasting legacy. Today, Ms. Audra Upchurch is on the Marquee Brain Podcast. Welcome, Audra. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So just share a little bit more with us about how you show up in the world, Ms. Audra. So I show up in the world as someone who encourages everyone that's in my path to not only share their story, but shape their story. And I'll explain a little bit more about that as we talk today. But I think it's so important that we get our stories out there because we all have unique experiences. But you'd be surprised how many people can relate to those experiences and, and really need to hear that you survive them, whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, it's good because, you know, your story is what connects with individuals. It's what connects you to the other person who may be reading your book or listening to you speak. And, you know, sometimes we go throughout life thinking that we're the only ones who have certain stories or certain situations. But when you begin to share your story through something like a book, you find out that there's a whole community of people there who have similar types of stories. I agree. I think in today's society, we're extremely isolated 
you know, it's not like when we were growing up, Marquise, right? We would go outside and play together and <laughs> hang outside until the light went off. And then we all knew we had to get in the house. Right. <laughs> Those days are kind of over. Mm. You know, the young people coming up now are kind of isolated because they're, you know, home on the PlayStation and they're isolated with social media. Right. So to me, sharing your stories today is even more important, mm-hmm. right? So that we can find some way to connect, as you mentioned, because with the way of the world today, if we don't share our stories to connect through books, how will we do it? Right, right. We need one place that we can show up in an authentic manner, because let's be real, on social media, a lot of it's not authentic. A lot of it's, you know, made to look pretty. So we need a place where people can know they're getting the real deal. So, Audra, what was the inspiration uh, behind you becoming an author and really getting into book development as well as helping other people to get their story on paper and sharing with the world? It it was a very interesting path (laughs) that I took to find my purpose. I attended a conference in 2016 and was fortunate enough to connect with Nikki Woods, who was the senior producer of the Tom Jordan Morning Show. And at that time, she was offering slots for her last anthology at that time called Shift Happens. So while I was at the conference, I roomed with two women I didn't know from L.A. And we went to dinner and they were telling each other, we were telling each other about ourselves and our past. Well, for the first time, I really opened up about my own childhood experiences you know, growing up in in New York City, being very poor, homeless by the age of 15, mother suffered with mental illness. I had been through some things. But in corporate America, it was frowned upon. You kind of didn't want to talk about that in the conference room. So at this conference with these ladies, I shared my experiences and their response startled me. They said, oh my gosh, Audrey, you have an amazing story. When are you going to share it? I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What's so amazing about growing up homeless, mom having mental illness, losing custody of my son, being pregnant at 17, like all these things I thought were so awful. They sat there like, oh my goodness, you've got to tell the world. And it got me thinking. So when Nikki mentioned her anthology, I said, hey, maybe this is not a coincidence and I need to jump on board and do just that. And here I am today. Amazon best-selling author, award-winning author, and it all started with me being willing to listen to someone else and take their advice. Pretty awesome. That's good. Being willing to really sounds like being willing first to share your story and then being willing to take the step because everybody is not necessarily comfortable with sharing their story or don't even realize how impactful their story can be. You know, I I'm not going to say I was really willing (laughs) at that point. (laughs) But those women had such an impact on me. Mm -hmm. And then hearing them share their experiences, it it piqued my interest enough where I was open to listening. I think sometimes because of our upbringing, then, you know, the things we're taught, you know, what happens in this house stays in the house. You don't put your business out there. You know, all those things, right? As you get older, it's difficult to go against those traditions. Yeah. But I think being open just a little bit will cause you to kind of um, realize that it's maybe some of the things we were taught growing up weren't quite 
one point <laughs> and that the world isn't going to fall apart because you shared some things that the world tells you you should be ashamed of. And so that's where I was. Talking with them opened me up a little bit to at least hear the opportunity from Nikki. And slowly, <laughs> I became willing to share my story. But it, it, was, it wasn't easy. It, it really wasn't. Well, we are so glad that you did decide to take that step because now you are helping other individuals get their story in a book and to really start uh, leveraging those books in order to give them opportunities. And so that's what we want to talk about today is how do we, you know, start that process in 2019 to, to get our first book written or to find opportunities where there may be an anthology happening that um, we may want to be a part of. So what, what are some of those key things that one needs to start thinking about before they even begin writing the book? That's a great question, Marquise. You know, as I entered this coaching speaking industry, right, I noticed so many of the speakers and entrepreneurs I encountered wanted to write a book or they have written a book and they had difficulty marketing it. Now, <laughs> it's just amazing how your life aligns, right? My very first job at 18, okay, so it was really my second job, but we don't count the first one. In two days I worked at Burger King, we don't count that. Okay, so <laughs> my first job was at a bookstore in New York City, right down the street from the World Trade Center. And within a couple of weeks, I was promoted into management, and I wound up managing three different stores in New York under Barnes and under a Lee Dalton bookseller. Okay. So I had a background in books. Then from working at B. Dalton, I uh, was able to get a job working at two different book distributors in the Northeast as well. So I have a different perspective when it comes to this whole book industry and, and a different respect for it, I believe. So as I embarked on this path, I noticed a lot of entrepreneurs would reach to me asking questions, you know, how am I able to generate revenue every single month on my books? Or how am I able to leverage books when I speak the way I do? And it, the business evolved out of that. And I realized I'm also really passionate about it because it's not just sharing the story, it's understanding a couple of components. The first is understanding how to identify your reader. That should be the most paramount decision when it comes to writing your book and marketing your book. You know, a lot of readers think their book is about them, but it's really not. <laughs> the story's about you, but the process is not about you, right? Yeah, so even cool. down to picking your title, your, your images for your cover, the font for your cover, all those things are dependent upon that reader and what's going to attract that reader. So I think that's the first thing that anyone that has written a book or is inspiring to write one is to first clearly identify their ideal reader. That's like the very first thing. It almost sounds like, you know, starting a business. And I think what's interesting is, is that it comes up all the time, whether it's, whether it's business now, as you speak about a book, you know, no matter what you're wanting to start, it's always that point of who is the ideal person either listening? Who's the ideal person reading? 
who's the ideal person that you're serving or what is their pain point? And for some reason or another, we have a tendency to kind of breeze past that, like not even spend enough time on identifying who the ideal person is. And if we did, many of us who are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and those who have been authors probably would have greater sales if we did spend more time in that space. Absolutely. I spoke at an event last year and I said this and I mean it wholeheartedly. If you have a book, you're in business. Mm. Your book is a product and you have to treat it that way, right? As, you know, so many authors get excited about their book launch, right? We're launching our book, we're launching our book, <laughs> but they have no strategy whatsoever beyond the launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really when you, you want to put your focus because the people that love you, your friends, your family, they're going to support your book launch. But what's going to keep your book sales afloat after that is going to be your readers. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to know how to communicate with them. So that's why that's such an important piece, right, is understanding that. Then the next thing that I would say is very important would be to identify the route you want to take with publishing your book. Whether you want to self-publish, utilize a boutique publisher, or or go the traditional route. And each one of those directions are very different and require a different type of energy. So none of it's going to be easy. All of it's going to require work in some shape, form, or fashion from you. But making a decision of which way to go, you really have to be clear on that. Good. So have my ideal reader. Mm-hmm. Now I need to determine, you know, how will this book get published once right. it's written? Mm-hmm. And once I determine whether or not I'm going to do self-publishing or boutique publishing or a traditional route, when does the process of writing, have I already written it? Or am I writing along the way? Am I hiring someone to ghostwrite for me? Am I hiring someone to give me questions and I speak the book? How, how does that all happen? <laughs> all of the above. Okay. And it's the, the writing part is actually the easiest part. Mm. And, and for most writers, it's like, what are you talking about? That's the most difficult part. But <laughs> there's so many other facets and things that have to happen after the fact. The writing part, you realize, oh, wow, that's, that's the easy thing, right? So it's really up to the individual, if they have the time to write their story, or is it more beneficial, more cost-effective for them to hire a ghostwriter? But a good ghostwriter costs good money, (laughs) okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. Just be clear. I think what I find with new writers is that they tend to be so surprised by the price tag that's attached to some services And so they want to nickel and dime the expense. But when you do that, you also sometimes sacrifice quality. Quality. So don't don't skimp on the major components of what makes your book so amazing, such as, and that was getting to the next part, is the graphic design. Hmm. Right? Don't skip, you know, even though you might have your favorite graphic designer that makes your flyers for your events, right? Or that creates your social media memes, they may not necessarily be the person to create your book cover. Because there are certain components that make a successful book cover. 
And if they're not familiar with the industry, because yes, books is an industry, right? They may miss some key elements in the design. Also the editing, whether your book is ghostwritten or you write it yourself, it still should follow a certain type of process with the editing. Okay. Right. And, and you really should have more than one person, more than one editor, because there are several different types of editing your book should go through. Then we get to the formatting, the interior design, all those great things. So that's why it's so important, one, to determine if you're going to self-publish, right? If you're not, then those things will be up to the boutique publisher or traditional publisher and will allow you to kind of manage where your money's going because it's going to go. Something's going to cost you. And I think that's all good because, you know, one of the things that I keep hearing is that you have to know you, (laughs) right? And because I know that I've always wanted to have a book written and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And then I had to stop and think and say, you know, I know that I can write, but do I really want to write? Right. I'm not a writer per se. I can speak it all day long. I can share it audibly all day long. And so I realized that if I'm going to get a book done in 2019, I am going to have to hire somebody to help me write that book, ghostwriter or whatever, because I just don't want to sit down and write. Well, not that I don't want to. It's just not my natural inclination to sit down and write. It's not for most people, to be quite honest. But there are plenty of ghostwriters out there that can get your story out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also what's great is another means a lot of new writers tend not to include in their budget is creating their book as an audio book as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We're on the move these days, right? And audio books are like the new craze. I know I love them. (laughs) And I definitely know that once I get the book written, I can definitely do the audio part. (laughs) And you are all techie, so you can get all the have it all mastered and do all that yourself. Right, right, right. You do that very well. <laughs> good, good. Right, so that could also be an avenue mm-hmm. that you can decide to go and even skip doing a print version altogether and go straight to audio. That's something That's, else that you yeah, could never thought about that. Mm-hmm, investigate doing and then utilizing your strengths, right? And what's great about you, Marquis is your audience is used to hearing you on podcasts anyway. Mm-hmm. So that would be a direct connection, direct sale to your ideal reader or ideal listener. Well, you know, you, you just helped me with something. <laughs> that I could record the book mm-hmm. via audio. Yeah. And then once the audio is done, if I wanted it printed, it could have it the audio transcribed, huh? <laughs> How about that? Okay, so you can send that check too. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Or at least, you know, chapter by chapter, mm-hmm. do the audio chapter by chapter, and then maybe go back and have it produced via uh, traditionally. But also, I mean, we don't have to follow the mode that's mm-hmm. presented. That's good. There, there's no need to actually have a printed version. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. at speaking engagements, you can... Uh, you know how they have the CD downloads, but they give you the code? You could do the same thing at speaking engagements. So you don't have to lug a whole bunch of books, right? 
That's really good. Really good advice. Really good advice. There's so many options. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. Audra just laid it all down for you (laughs) on how to get that book written in 2019. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about anthologies. How do you become a part of an anthology and what takes place in order for you to have a successful part in the anthology? We'll be right back. Did you know that adding promotional products into the mix of your marketing initiatives can increase the effectiveness of your brand by up to 44%? Using promotional products is a great way to break the ice with a potential customer, as they'll be more likely to listen to what you'll have to say. If you can get their attention and keep it, you probably have the power to follow through with the sale. That's why I use Logo My Logo for all of my promotional products. If you're ready to take your brand to the next level and get the attention of your next potential customer, then use Logo My Logo for all your promotional products. Just go to the number 2logomylogo.com. That's the number 2logomylogo.com and just let them know Marquise sent you. All right, welcome back to the Marquis Bird Podcast, and I'm excited to have my guest today, Miss Audra R. Upchurch, and we just got finished talking about, you know, how you can get your book written in 2019. She even helped me out on how I can get mine done, just utilizing what's innate within me to get it done. But now I want to shift the conversation to anthologies. I'm not sure if many of you know what an anthology is and if you've been thinking about wanting to be a part of one or start one. And so I thought it would be good for us to talk about anthologies and learn more about it. And so, Audra, tell us a little bit, what is an anthology? Yes, I get asked that question quite a bit. (laughs) So an anthology is a collection of stories or poems or writings. So think Chicken Soup for the Soul, right? That's what an anthology is. Individuals contributing to the um, to the book. Now, who is the main author? Is there a main author or is there just someone who organizes it and pulls it all together? How does that work? Well, Marquis, there are so many different ways to pull together a collaboration. So I'll speak more from the standpoint of having a lead author. Okay. So that's typically what I do is I'm a, I've been a part of anthologies and I've led several anthologies where there's a lead author who handles the whole organization of the book. They handle the formatting, finding and hiring and paying the editors, the graphic designers, and they make the bottom line decisions of the theme of the collection of stories. And they'll have a team that manages the process. So that's what I've been a part of. And that's what I've seen really works very well. So there's a lead author and then everyone else is a co-author. Correct. Now, how does one become a part of an anthology? Well, again, there's a lot of different ways. But what we do is everyone contributes to the final product of the book financially. Okay. So it will be what's called a contributor fee. And each co-author will pay their contributor fee. And that will go into the production process for the book because it can really cost um, like $15,000 or more to complete an anthology, especially with the editing process. 
-hmm. You know, that's like a big deal for me, right? <laughs> I like a well-edited book. So you have all these different voices sharing their stories and a great editor will get the cohesiveness in the voices and allow it to still uh, be unique and individual, but you, there will be a common thread that runs through each story. Okay. So a common thread for the theme of the book. Correct. Okay. And so what will, what happens once the book is complete and edited and ready to be published and ready to be sold? What, what's the process for that? So our process is the authors, when they, uh, their contributor fee includes a certain amount of free books that they can sell at a hundred percent profit. Okay. And then after that, they just pay for the cost of the book. And then the difference of that is their profit. So there's, there'll be like a, a set standard price, which includes their shipping with how our process runs. Everyone handles their process differently. And then anything that they sell, they keep. And I think that's so great because if you don't want to sell, you don't. Right. But if you do, you have the potential to make unlimited revenue and it allows the process to be fair. Right. If you have 15 authors and some people are kind of marketing it, but some people are marketing it really heavy. <laughs> you'll only benefit based on what you sell. So you can have it on your website. You can promote it and whatever work you do, you benefit immediately from it. If you decide you want to do any work, then that's fine, too. Now, how, how do I promote it? Do I promote it as a co-author, promote it as an author? How, how do I promote it? Well, we have a whole marketing strategy in place for our books. Okay. So we provide all the marketing collateral to our co-authors. We even provide them uh, copy to utilize when they post and share. So they don't have to worry about any of that. So we really give them all the tools they need for marketing to be able to go out and generate the revenue that they'd like to make. Um, we provide our co-authors web pages as well. So if they don't have their own website, they don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, how will I get this online? We actually build a web page for each co-author where they can advertise their book. And when you click the link to buy, it's that author's individual PayPal or payment processing link. So that that revenue goes straight to them. Wow. So yes. it's an opportunity for you to, to create income. Mm -hmm. uh, you did not write the book entirely yourself. You wrote it in collaboration with others. Right. And you have an opportunity to sell that book for, for profit. Yeah. And what, what's great, I think, about anthologies, the, the greatest benefit of them is the collaboration piece. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're marketing your anthology correctly in your your connecting with the right co-authors, there will be some synergy amongst the writers. For example, a few weeks ago, we had our retreat, our writer's retreat, which is something I also do for my writers, right? I believe in getting them together in the beginning of the process. So as they move through it, they've connected. And that will translate into the synergy of the book in the book. So at the retreat, it was so amazing. We had over 30 women get together in one house. <laughs> 30 women contributed to this last anthology you had? Well, okay, so my first, the first anthology we put out closed out in a matter of days. Okay. I didn't 
expect the response to be the way it was. So Monday morning, some of my followers were like, what do you mean the book is closed? What do you mean it's filled? Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was planning on signing up this morning. <laughs> so we opened up a second anthology. So I'm actually producing two anthologies at the same time. Wow, right. two anthologies so at the same time. Kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So what benefit is it to the the lead author to produce an anthology? Is there any benefit or is it just for the purpose of them being a part of another book? There's lots of benefits on both ends. Mm -hmm. So for the lead author, one great benefit is you're in a position now as a leader. All the co-authors that enroll in your book process will now see you as someone that they can look up to and they want to connect with. And because they've done so, the people that follow them will see you in that same light as well. Okay. Right? So it's a great way to build a tribe. And again, if you're clear on your audience, right, as you're building that tribe, you're, you're connecting with the right types of individuals. And so then they'll be connected to those same similar individuals. And you can create, you can multiply your tribe in such a short period of time as a leader with people that will be looking up to you and ready to hear from you. So producing anthologies and being, being an expert in that area could potentially be a business model for some? Absolutely. Absolutely. When it's done correctly. Okay. When it's done correctly. Definitely. Now, I always keep hearing, you know, people talk about being Amazon best-selling authors and and sometimes they don't even say Amazon, they'll just say best-selling author. And yeah. talk a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's talk about what that. What does it mean to be an Amazon best-selling author? Okay, seriously, guys, it really doesn't mean that much. Okay. Can, can we just be honest with that? However, disclaimer, as an Amazon best-selling author, and I've been one four times, right? And uh, three out of the four books hit number one. Fantastic. That's great. However, financially, that really doesn't translate into revenue in your pocket. It mm. does not. Okay. But what it can do for you is open doors. As a speaker, as an entrepreneur, if, you know, I'm being considered for a speaking engagement and there's someone else that's being considered, if I have that box checked and the other person doesn't, yeah, more than likely I'll get the engagement, <laughs> right? Then also, once you have the speaking engagement, when people tend to find that you are an Amazon bestseller, they're more inclined to grab a copy of your book at the speaking engagement as well. So that's where it can generate revenue for you. But out, outright, I mean, it, it really doesn't do much in terms of automatic revenue generation, right? It's how you market that title and how you show up in the space that's really going to make the difference. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I was sharing just the other day, because people are always wanting to know, okay, well, Marquise, you know, how do you monetize a podcast? Marquise, you know, how do you monetize a book or, you know, this, that, and the other, other than just having traditional sales? And one of the things I was sharing with them, um, you know, and many other people know that I'm a major advocate of ClickFunnels and the CEO of yeah. Russell Brunson. 
And he had a challenge called the 30days.com. It's one funnel away, pretty much was called the challenge. But in that challenge, it was $100 to take the challenge. But mm. if you invested in the challenge, he sent you this book as a part of the challenge. It's 30days.com book as a part of the challenge. But when you think about it, basically you paid $100 for the book. Brilliant. Right? Isn't that brilliant? Right? And all the book is, is the transcribed trainings from the 30 people who were trainers in the challenge. Yeah, it's brilliant. And so people are always talking about, you know, why would I give my book away for free? Uh Well, if you know the right model, you're Mm -hmm. not giving the book away for free because what he did was he made you pay for shipping and handling. And then he also had a bump or what we would call uh, a next level product connected in the funnel. And, you know, anywhere between 50 to 70% of the people are going to buy the bump or the next level product. So you pretty much have already made back your money when you thought you were giving your book away for free. So there's so many different strategies to leverage and use a book. And so that's my next question for you. I've written a book. It's sitting on the shelf. What can I do? Oh my gosh. There's so many things that you can do once you have, you know, released your book. And I'm going to go back to my first step. It really depends on who your reader is, right? Your ideal reader, because you can do some amazing things, but if it doesn't appeal to that ideal reader, whatever you do next really isn't going to have much weight. So recently I attended a film that was a documentary based on an anthology and it was fantastic. There were some major celebrities in the film. It was, it was pretty uh, exciting. Got to take a couple of pictures with some, (laughs) but she knew her audience, Mm -hmm. but even down to the celebrities that were in the documentary, she knew what would attract her ideal audience. So whatever decisions it is you make to do with your anth- your book, whether it's a documentary, whether it's producing workbooks that go along with it, or journals, or plays, right? Whatever it is, you want to take it to the next level. Even audiobooks. Is your audience the type that sits in their car and, and may have time to listen to audiobooks? Or is your, is your audience busy moms who can't have two seconds to themselves to even hear themselves think, much less listen to an audiobook? Mm. So it's really understanding your audience and letting that drive those decisions after your book is published. Such great advice, such great advice that, you know, many people probably haven't even thought about. I meet authors all the time, people who have written books, and I ask them about the book and what they're doing with the book. And many of them are just, they're not really doing anything. They're just letting people know they're an author. Right. What about courses from books? Oh, absolutely. Um, my co-authors, again, I, I put together a full package with our anthologies. So my co-authors are actually having a ten, an eight-week training that's mm-hmm. going to walk them through how to create digital products with their books with their chapters in the anthology. So once the book is released, they can automatically 
push those out to their individual tribes and generate additional revenue that way too. This is so absolutely. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone has taken notes from today's podcast episode because Audra has given us some great insight on one, how to get that book written in 2019, how to have collaborative efforts, doing an anthology if you want to be a part of a book in 2019, and even giving us some strategies on how we can leverage a book to create income for ourselves. So Audra, how can someone follow you, get in touch with you? Where would they go? They can go to my website, audraupchurch.com, or they can follow me on Facebook at Authentic Audra. Authentic Audra on Facebook or audraupchurch.com. Awesome. Well, I thank you for joining me today on the Marquise Brayton Podcast. It's always a pleasure to just have a conversation with you about your expertise, and I Thank you for accepting the invite just to share with my listening audience. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you, Marquis. You are an expert at what you do, so I always take something away from hanging out with you, too. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope this week's episode inspired and motivated you to get your book written this year if you haven't gotten one done yet. I know I am inspired to get a manuscript or a book completed in 2019. So I'm going to go forth and get it done. As usual, I'm going to ask you to rate and review this week's podcast. Let me know what your thoughts were of today's guest, because I always like to read those reviews and I always like to get those ratings as well. I thank you for joining me this week for another episode, and we will be with you next week with a brand new episode. And next week, we're going to be talking about how do you leverage social media advertisement to build your business, to sell products or services, or just to get greater brand visibility. My guest next week is going to be Terry Foster of Terry Foster Consulting. You don't want to miss it. Look forward to sharing with you on next week.